Welcome to the Housing Matters Podcast, brought to you by the California Association of Realtors and the Center for California Real Estate. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in to our Housing Matters Podcast. I'm Oscar Way. I'm one of the hosts of the uh, podcast. This is episode number seven, and I also have Jordan with me. Hello, everyone. Hi. Um, so we just released our monthly sales release uh, just this morning, uh, the June sales price release. And, you know, of course, it, it's only six months, but I think it's pretty indicative of what's going on in the housing market. We might have some up and down, up and downs so far this year, uh, but seems like so far for the first six months, it's been good in terms of sales activity. And June was actually a, a pretty decent month in terms of transaction volumes, right? You are absolutely right. You know, for the uh, sales activity of existing single-family home, it's at the highest level in nearly four years. Wow. I think it was the number to just give you a number to compare with. The uh, uh, seasonally adjusted annualized number was at 450960 uh, just to have some idea of how it compares to historical numbers, it's the highest since October 2012. Wow. Yeah, no, uh, it doesn't look like it's uh, increased a lot or significantly from last year. It's only 2.2%. But if you look at how it compares to previous month, it jumped 10%. Wow. So the levels really matter in terms of, of where we are, not just the growth. It's lackluster growth in part, I guess, because uh, last June was a pretty decent month as well. Yeah, last June was pretty decent. And of course, um, we have been a little concerned earlier this year because you know sales seems to have come down a little bit. And we looked at pending sales number and we were a little puzzled by it because pending sales suggest a pretty bright future. And of course, it seemed to have materialized. Uh, uh, this month by increasing the, so much. And so I guess the good news is we can keep looking at pending sales as a meaningful metric. Yes, as long <laughs> as we figure out how what the lag is. That's the kicker, what I guess. What the lag is, right. Now, of course, um, there are many different reasons that we can say why home sales have been doing very well. Um, recently, of course, interest rate have gone down, right? Sure. Um, to probably near the record level that we saw maybe in 2013. Yeah, which I didn't think we were going to see levels that low again, but uh, that's definitely supportive of more demand. And, I mean, you, we might have seen news regarding refinance activities have gone up, but it's not just refinance activities. We have seen mortgage applications up. Yeah, actually, purchase applications were up as well. Not the 14 or 15% that we saw refinances jump, but I think they were still up, you know, 5 6% over the course of, of the month. So Right, which is good news. And... Economic conditions, I know it's ups and downs. First quarter was not great, but then last uh, month we saw labor market has been, was pretty strong. Yeah, and consumers, I think, are, are doing pretty well when you look at the retail spending numbers. So I think all in all, um, you know, the general kind of economic environment isn't necessarily the thing holding us back. True, and of course, they vary job growth, jobs growth varies between areas. And, but we know in Inland Valley and in Central Valley, we are still seeing pretty strong growth. Some other parts of California, we're still seeing strong growth. Now, it comes down to, of course, um, supply, which we will attribute a little later. Uh, in terms of uh, sales in uh, different regional areas, Bay Area, I know it's down slightly. Mm -hmm. um, but surprisingly, 
San Francisco's album, and San Mateo's album, uh, and Marin as well. Which are, I guess, the least affordable counties in the entire state. So it's somewhat counterintuitive, I guess, maybe, that that sales in, in the kind of most constrained, least affordable markets seem to be the ones that, that had a real um, kind of shining month in June. I know, yeah. And I know you have some, maybe some explanation or speculation about why sales might be, or why sales may be up in San Francisco and San Mateo. We'll get to it a little later. Sure. Uh, but let me just wrap up the sales activity. In terms of sales activity so far, I think we're sort of in line with our projection. Um, for the first six months, it's up 2.1% so far. And, and what are we expecting? Uh, 1.3. Oh, gotcha. 1.3. I know it's low, but hey, it's positive. Can't yeah. complain about that. Things are, are moving in the right direction, I think, especially in, in the context of where we're at in the cycle. 1.3% um, is actually um, pretty decent, all things considered. Right, and what about price? I know you spent some time on uh, looking at the home prices. Yeah, well, price, and I think this is also indicative of, of relatively robust demand as prices continue to uh, inch higher. In fact, this is, I think, the fourth month in a row where really? we've been up above $500,000 in median, um, which is pretty much the highest that we've been since um, back before the, the kind of housing bubble deflated really? back in 2007. Um, so, you know, I think that, that both, you know, lack of supply, which we've kind of talked about at length in previous episodes, combined with um, this gradually improving demand is really continuing to drive price growth um, higher. It's, it's pretty ubiquitous across the state in uh -huh. terms of where you're seeing prices grow. I think prices are growing pretty much um, consistently across most regions. Um, but to varying degrees. So when you look at a place like the Bay Area where um, prices have already climbed back up above that pre-recession peak, we're starting to, you know, potentially as expected, but we are starting to see that growth cool down a bit. And I think there's, you know, what we're starting to see is a, that there's a limit to how high uh, prices can climb. And once you get into that kind of $1.4 million neighborhood, then um, you're really starting to ask a lot out of the incomes in the region. Really? So you're telling me that Bay Area home prices, they're not going to shoot past $2 million anytime soon? Well, you know, I think if we're lucky, um, then they won't because, you know, once we get up to a level that, that diverges so drastically from incomes, then that's when you start to get into uh, market correction territory. Ah. And, and that's something that I think isn't good for, for anyone. So some slower growth that lets incomes catch up, I think, would, would ultimately be a good thing for the Bay Area. That's good. That's good. And... I think inventory plays a role as well, right? Because I think it seems like, of course, compared to last month, uh, uh, compared to May, seems like uh, inventory has come down, but compared to the year before, seems to have leveled off slightly. Yeah, I mean, to me, there's you know a lot of volatility in the month-to-month -month numbers when you talk about inventory levels. Some months we have a surge in sales or a surge in listings, and vice versa. But I think you know zooming out to kind of the broader perspective. The level of inventory has been pretty low for quite some time, and it's pretty much staying there. We have started to see some new listings come online, uh, especially in the Bay Area, like San Francisco, mm -hmm. um, which I think has helped to facilitate some of that sales growth that we see in those um, unaffordable markets. It's just that you know sellers are getting enticed back into the market and to put their homes on the market because they see uh, how high prices have climbed, and you know maybe it is time to lock in that that kind of one point four million dollar right. price that that I've enjoyed up to this point. Okay, well let's revisit that inventory issue uh, shortly. 
before we talk about inventory, I want to spend some time and maybe take a look at sales by different price ranges. Mm -hmm. I know we you mentioned about Bay Area, you mentioned about we talk about Inland Valley and uh, Central Valley. Of course, they have different different price ranges. Um, just without looking at any geographic location, let's just hone in on uh, home prices. I, I, I want to give you some background information and we can touch upon that uh, um, in a, a few minutes. Sure. For sales, if you look at just sales right now, um, I break it down by zero to 300, uh, 300 to 500, 500 to a million, and then a million plus. I know it's very, very loose uh, price category, sure. but let's just take a look. If you compare the uh, current sales share uh, in the zero to 300 range, Currently, that makes up about uh, 25% of all sales. Mm. And in the 1 million plus, it makes up about 14%. That's wow. in June 2016. Um, but and you comp if you compare that to, let's say, last year. Last year, from 0 to 300, it's a little bit higher. It's 29%. And then if you compare the uh, million uh, plus to last year, uh, it's 12% compared to 14% this year. Wow, so even over the course of just the last 12 months, you've seen more activity at the top end and, and I guess smaller amounts of activity down at the bottom end. Yes, it inched up a little, a, a little bit compared to um, last year. But if you compare the uh, distribution, say, to five years ago, mm -hmm. we know that in 2013, 2014, we had double-digit increase in home prices. Yeah. Um, and we can talk about increase in home prices in a minute. But let's just look at the sales share uh, back in 2011, June 2011. From zero to 300, it, it, it was 57%. Wow, that's now, a huge difference. That's a huge difference. Remember, we did have, still had a lot of distressed sales back then. Got it. Um, and uh, for the 1 million plus, it, was, it made up about 6% of all sales. So completely reverse. Yes. Um, now, of course, we in the last year or so, we know that prices have moderated uh, uh, slightly. We're at five or six percent increase right now, but the in, but we're in, in terms of the state median price, it's still growing, and we have been seeing uh, home prices continue to grow partly because of change in the mix of sales. Right now, we don't usually clarify what exactly mix of sales means and how it affects the statewide median price. The change in the mix of sales, let me clarify, it could be due to a couple of facts. Of course, it could be more sales in the Bay Area and or in some of the pricey areas, right? Mm -hmm. And it could also be overall price appreciation across the board. So homes are just genuinely worth more than they were previously. Right, and of course, it has a lot to do with supply. Um, but let's take a look. And you meant, we mentioned uh, earlier that sales, air, uh, sales in the Bay Area actually has calmed down slightly. Mm -hmm. um, so I know you have done some analysis at the um, the quintile and quartile analysis that might actually explain the uh, dynamics uh, within price range. Uh, maybe you can explain what the quintile analysis are 
and maybe give us some insights on uh, sales within price ranges. Yeah, definitely. And I mean, I think the analysis that you have here by Price Bucket is is hugely informative and um, you know definitely valuable. But I think it's the the problem in California when we talk about price buckets is that it's not a a kind of one size fits all. We have huge uh, diversity, I guess, in in home prices depending on what. Uh, part of the state you're looking at. So rather than breaking it down by, you know, a million plus or, or whatnot, um, I find that it's helpful to look at kind of what's the top 20% of Got sales it. look like in any one market or the bottom 20%. That way you're kind of um, letting San Francisco be San Francisco and letting San Bernardino be San Bernardino. Um, and, and the reason why this matters just to kind of illustrate is, you know, when you talk about the bottom 20% of the market, that means radically different things depending on what part of the state you're talking about. So San Bernardino, which I kind of touched on as an example, the bottom 20% of homes there on median costs about 150K. Okay. Um, you know, and it's a Central Valley. That number for the bottom 20% of homes is under $100,000. Really? And then, you know, if you kind of flip to the other end of the extreme, even in places like San Francisco, the, you know, even the bottom 20% of homes, we're still talking about $800,000. And so, wow. you know, when you talk about price buckets or, or homes, you know, priced over 500000 well, in San Francisco, that's everything. And so then those kind of price buckets have less meaning. And I think you see the same thing on the top end where, you know, in, again, in places like San Bernardino, the top 20% of homes, that median price is about $500,000 compared to a place like San Francisco where we're talking about top 20% being somewhere in the $3.2 million range. Wow. And so looking at things by quartile can also help to, I guess, understand some of these market dynamics in terms of what parts of the market are doing better than others. Got it. And of course, I know we also mentioned about luxury market and of course, luxury definition of luxury market varies across different areas. Exactly. I mean, you know, a lot of people define luxury in different ways, depending on who you talk to. Mm -hmm. But I just find that definitions like, you know, over a million dollars uh, have less meaning in markets like Marin, San Mateo and and San Francisco, where, you know, half the homes sold are over one point four million. And those aren't necessarily, quote unquote, luxury homes. Got it. But, you know, it's really interesting when you kind of break it down that way. What you can see is that there you know, continues to be. Um, you know, very constrained supply on the bottom end of the market, which is driving up prices mm -hmm. for lower price properties all across the state. And so, you know, if you if you look at California overall, the bottom 20% of homes in terms of price um, are actually growing twice as fast almost as uh, homes in that kind of top 20% of prices. Really? So okay. um, through the first six months of this year, the bottom 20% of prices price homes are up 6.2% compared to just 3.3% for the top 20% of homes. And so, um, you know, you're really starting to see uh, the the fierce competition drive the show on the bottom end of the market. And just for some context, if you go back kind of a couple of years ago to 2014, it wasn't twice as much. Both high and low end homes were seeing uh, pretty remarkable price growth. But we're talking about 18% at the low end compared to 12% at the high end. So Again, a bit of a discrepancy there where the low end was growing a bit faster, but not so much faster than what you see um, at the top end of the spectrum. Got it. So tight supply maybe, um, but also I think maybe it has something to do with cost of 
land, cost of building. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think, you know, there's lots of demand at the low end that comes from, from a gradually improving economy. We're creating jobs all across the wage spectrum. But we're, we're in kind of this vicious cycle where we've got, you know, lack of inventory and growing demand, and that continues to push up prices, uh, which, you know, in turn erodes affordability. And so I think, you know, that's ultimately going to curtail or impede some of that demand as prices climb higher and higher uh, faster than what you see growth in incomes then that puts kind of you know future home buyers or people who haven't gotten into the market yet uh, a bit behind the eight ball and it might not necessarily be kind of a sustainable course going forward especially in in really expensive areas so it is very very possible that um, supply could have an impact on the demand side well, hopefully that's not happening very very soon, but it, that's very possible. I mean, it's something that we want to keep our eye on because, you know, you see the same kind of competitive forces at work when you look at things like the sales to list price ratio, mm -hmm. where, uh, you know, the, the lower end of the market is selling, you know, either at or above list plate price in, in many parts of the state, whereas that top end, they're still um, somewhat competitive, but just less so than at the bottom end of the market. So... You know, just a couple of examples. If you look at San Francisco, the bottom end of the market, uh, bottom 20%, we're looking at sales prices that are about 7 to 8% above the list price compared to the top 20% of homes we're only seeing, um, you know, about 1 to 1.2% above list price. So wow. more competitive, and you see the same thing in San Diego, Orange County. Uh, Los Angeles and Santa Clara are pretty equally distributed. I think we've got a bit more diversity in terms of our just local population base. Um, but what was interesting to me is that you see this even more in the quote-unquote bedroom community. So if you think about places like Contra Costa, Riverside, Solano, Sonoma, uh, these are areas that tend to be overflow areas uh -huh. for, for kind of our core employment centers and you see these same dynamics at play where um, the lower end is much more competitive sales to list prices that are you know either over a hundred percent or right at a hundred percent and actually higher than what you see at the top end of the market and so um, you know it's it's not only indicative of kind of what's happening geographically but also I think in terms of the distribution of of properties and and competition where it really is those kind of um, entry-level homes those first-time home buyers regardless of what market they live in or what price bucket it's that bottom end wherever you are that seems to be the most tight uh, all across the state yeah and I look at not the uh, quintile analysis that you have been discussing but if you just look at the uh, price ranges I noticed that for Unsold inventory index, the index that we use to measure uh, the uh, supply, I noticed that for zero to 300, for example, the unsold inventory index is only 2.8 months uh -huh. as compared to 1 million, uh, which is uh, 4.5 months in June. Of course, again, uh, in San Francisco, it's one. It, you can't really classify. You have to break down the 1 million into 3.2 and so on and so sure. forth. But I think... This is uh, this could kind of tell a story that the low end is really really tight, um, and the high end is still uh, somewhat better. It's still even even though compared to historical numbers, I think it's still a low number. Yeah, definitely. And I mean, you know, hey, I'm I'm happy that your numbers kind of back me up because you're seeing a lot of the same things in the in the unsold inventory that I'm seeing in terms of sales to list price and days on market. 
uh, where, you know, again, at the top end, you're seeing, you know, more days on market or days on market are going up, whereas at the bottom end, we're still seeing, uh, you know, fewer days on market, which suggests that, you know, again, there's this kind of excess demand or this competition for what supply is out there, and that's pushing up prices and reducing time on market and making it easier to be a seller. So, mm-hmm. you know, great time, it seems like, to, to be a seller, particularly at the lower end of the marketplace, um, but, you know, real challenging in terms of being a buyer and trying to get your foot on the on the property ladder going forward. And I know we focus, we uh, continue to talk about Bay Area, but I'm sure the condition applies to areas such as Santa Barbara, such as um, yeah no it's it you know a lot of it and I think this is 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 an important point is that there's some potential slowing you know at at the top end of the market it's not ubiquitous we don't see um, s- slowing all across the the spectrum in terms of geographies um, but at the same time we are seeing those kind of more luxury focused mm-hmm. markets like Santa Barbara like Ventura uh, slowing down a bit. It's not, again, the end of the world. I think we're still relatively tight. You mentioned four and a half months of supply, right. even at the million plus category. That's still below the long run average of six. Exactly. But just compared to those lower price properties, which are in the two, then you know that's what we're talking about. It's that kind of relative difference. And so um, you know, I think that, that the top end of the market might be losing some steam, whereas you know the bottom end is still going really strong, I think. When I added up just the counties that are seeing um, fewer days on market, I think 36 out of the 49 or 50 counties wow. that we cover have seen the the amount of time that a listing stays on the market actually going down this year. Wow, that's that's huge. That's uh, maybe a, a three quarters of all the counties. Yeah, I mean, I think it's safe to say that this is happening in most parts of the state. Wow, and I'm sure you know we we talked about this before. Um, the only pr- the way to solve the resolve the issue, of course, is to build more houses. Um, currently, it's causing a lot of affordability issue. Yeah. And um, you know the in- to increase supply, it's not only to build more houses, and not only to build just affordable housing, right. but housing units uh, at different price ranges. Yeah. No. I'm. I mean, this is something that's you know potentially unpopular to say. Um, but I think it's you know critical to not leave unsaid is that you know these aren't just folks that are at the very bottom end uh, of the income spectrum that are struggling. Yes, those folks who are earning a minimum wage are struggling with rents and and challenges to becoming homeowners. Um, but it's not just limited to those at the very low end of the income spectrum. I mean, you can go out and find households that are making you know fifty, sixty, seventy, eighty thousand dollars a year that are having real uh, difficulty. I think you know compensating or getting mm-hmm. finding ways to to make rent payments and save for down payments and things like that so um, yes we need housing at the bottom end of the spectrum for sure but we really need you know an all the above kind of strategy when it comes to getting new stock online very true and with a median price at 1 million 1.3 million uh, you need a household income of say uh, seven eight hundred a 70 uh, maybe a six-figure uh, median household income and not everyone in San Francisco I, I would assume makes that much that kind of a living yeah no I mean there's tons of tech workers up there but they're not the only game in town and I think there's you know housing struggles all the way up and down the spectrum and you always even in a, an area with a lot of tech jobs you will always have any a lot of service uh, workers, service jobs. You know, it's still a big tourist destination. A lot of hotels and restaurants up there too, and those folks need places to live. Absolutely. And um, 
Well, it's it's an issue. Supply is definitely an issue that CRG will continue to work on. I know it's not an issue that is a short. There's no short-term solution to it, but uh, we'll continue working on those policies and hopefully, um, in the next uh, couple years or so, we'll have a better uh, environment in the supply. Uh, Housing supply issue. Yeah, unfortunately, it seems like no matter what the topic of these podcasts are, they always come back to supply. Yep, definitely. And I just want to, before we wrap up, um, I want to let you guys know, you may or may not notice that we have changed our timing on the podcast uh, slightly in the last couple weeks. The uh, Housing Matters podcast will be posted every two weeks now instead of every week. We want to be able to provide you um, uh, many insightful uh, insights on the housing mar- uh, market, and that re- usually requires a little bit more time. So I apologize for not giving that uh, announcement uh, uh, beforehand, but uh, the next one will be coming out in a couple weeks. Look forward to seeing you guys then. Thank you for tuning in again. Yeah.